Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Floor and Decor. Largest selection of hard surface flooring and lowest prices guaranteed. Brian in Memorial, how can I help you? Hey Jim, thanks for taking my call. Um, my small restaurant, True Craft Market off of Campbell Road, uh, we, we have issues cooling. Um, because of our hood vent it's an open concept with the kitchen uh, right and i'm just trying to get some direction on on you know dealing with the negative pressures and whatnot it, w- without having to oversize units uh or if, if you have any advice on, on well on the, un- the unfortunate thing is see those the the size of that opening and, and the air volume it it moves goes into the calculations in putting together the the air conditioning sizing and so was the air conditioner already there when the restaurant went in so there's one that that kind of handles the the front portion of the the dining area and then right one that that uh handles the the back portion which the back portion is new or not i guess it's three or four years old now but the Uh uh the the front uh unit is is probably you know eight or nine years old and i think it needs to be replaced eight eight or nine it still should be working good so i i would uh you know have it I've checked before look at it and yeah i've had people look at it and say that they, they thought it was probably on its last leg and i think that you know with with the heat hitting already it seems uh-huh. seems to be that way um is there is there any other solution to i guess maybe closing off part of the kitchen or like would that would that maybe possibly help or well it's gonna make the kitchen hotter the hood? yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so there's really no other than oversizing correct yeah well and it's it's really not oversizing because it's sizing for the heat load and that's the reason you got to do a heat load calculation is to figure out how much cooling do you actually need and the size of that opening, the speed of the fan, everything goes into that calculation. Okay, is that so? Is that something a an HVAC uh, professional could do for me? A, a heat load, or is that something an engineer uh, would need to do? Well, uh, it depends on how good the technician is. If if they can calculate it with the uh, with a event hood of that nature. But okay. if you'll call my company at Do West Air Conditioning, uh, Johan okay. is a mechanical engineer, and he runs okay. my HVAC, and he can definitely run those calculations. Gotcha. So ask for Johan at, at Do West? Yep. Okay. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. You bet. Take care. Debbie, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hi, uh, I was calling. Uh, I have a question regarding a guest bathroom. It's in the hallway, like in the middle of the hallway. And uh, when you keep the door shut, it's the De- De- Debbie, can I, ask you, can I ask you something real quick? Yes, sir. When, when you answered uh, the, the hi and started talking, you know those recorded calls that people get all the time on, on the phone? I swear yes, to God, I thought I, I thought I had a recorded call coming in. Oh no! <laughs> your your voice just just identical to some of the recorded calls I get on my cell phone. Oh no! Anyways, well, I'm sorry. Me. Go ahead. 
That's okay. But anyways, my question is, you know, when the air conditioner comes on and we keep it like at 73, well, it ventilates good in there with the door shut. But but I have to say, like, really, though, after showering everything or just even later on in the day with that door, if it stays shut, Uh it's warm. It doesn't seem like it's ventilating well. And I don't know if it's because maybe the thermostat's not kicking on enough but now if you put it down to 72 it'll keep blowing and keep it cool in there can you tell right. me what is the problem yeah you're not getting the air circulation and is that room is that room happen to be on like the west side of the house where it's getting hit by the sun yes as sir. the sun goes down in the afternoon yes sir yeah so it, mm-hmm. it's getting more more heat load in the afternoon, but it's not getting air circulation uh, in the afternoon uh, because probably the thermostat is on a side where when the the east side is getting hit by the sun, everything's cooling nice. It's having to stay on. As the sun goes down to the west, the other side where the thermostat at cools off and it's not having to run as hard. And so that room with the door closed doesn't get enough air blowing in it anymore to to keep it cool. So what do you do? I mean, I, we have a ridge vent, and I was thinking maybe there's something in the attic up there that's like right above there that's kind of keeping something warm, you know, keeping it a little bit warmer than normal. The wall itself starts heating up when the sun hits it, and so that okay. will do it. But uh, it's the air circulation in the room that makes the big difference, so... There's a couple things that can be done. One is just opening the door. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the other one is, you know, if it becomes a big issue, you can have a return air in the bathroom that goes back to the AC unit. Uh, If you go in my house, I've got a return air going back to the AC unit in every room of the house. So I can close the doors, and it makes absolutely no difference because the air circulates... Would that cut your bill down or? No, nah, it's just a comfort that... issue. Oh, okay. And how expensive is that? To put It'll in depend on do... how easy they can run the ductwork for it. Uh, mm. But you, I, I will tell you up front, you're going to be looking probably not in the hundreds, but in the thousands to do it. Oh, well. Okay. Well, I was wondering. I. I wanted to find out why it was doing that, because that's the only room that does that. Yep. Yeah, it's just probably heating up with the sun, and that that's what's doing it. Dennis, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, sir. Thank you, Jim. I bought an old house that I'm remodeling. It has a metal roof. Uh, on the, rid- the ridge cap, they didn't put any kind of fill or anything, so there's just an open gap there, and I was thinking about putting a, a ridge vent up there for ventilation, but there's a tree, a couple of trees nearby that all the leaves and trash uh, seeds from the from these trees are blowing, blowing in right now to that open gap. And right. I'm just wondering if uh, would a ridge vent get clogged up with that type of thing? Well, it sounds like what you have is, is a ridge vent for a metal cap right now. And they do make some uh, materials that you can put in there to help stop that stuff from coming in. Now, Uh 
it does require periodic cleaning if, if you're getting stuff that's blowing up in there like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you, no matter what you put there, yeah, it, it, it would clog up. How do you clean it? Uh, there's a couple of ways. One is obviously you go up on the roof and have to clean it. But the other mm -hmm. is you can go up in the attic with just a leaf blower and blow, blow up through that stuff. bridge yeah. and, and it blows mm -hmm. it off. Okay. All right. Uh, now, um, in lieu of a ridge vent, I guess I could put some other uh, type of ventilation uh, device as long oh, as sure. it you know, has enough uh, square footage. That's it. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. Thank you. You bet. Take care. Chris in Spring, welcome to 740 KTRH. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I'm uh, looking to add a mini split to my garage to uh, make it a little bit more bearable being out there working on cars and stuff. Um, not looking to get down to, you know, 75, but maybe just 85. Um, I currently have wired up for an air compressor, uh, a 240 volt run on a 10 gauge wire to a 30 amp breaker. And I'm wondering, you know, if I can just drill through that exterior wall, pigtail onto that, put a, you know, disconnect out there, install the compressor out there and, um, run the wires through the wall is that you know i got a i was looking at a, a diy system that comes pre-charged um any advice or um items on that to watch out for yeah you're, you're looking at like one of those mr cool systems exactly exactly yeah the the only things i would advise uh give you directions on one you need to look at what size you're getting. Make sure you get big enough. Two, it'll okay. be very specific what you need for electric. Okay. Um, the the other is when you're, because it does come pre-charged, uh, when you're hooking all the stuff up, you may lose a little bit in, in of gas when you hook everything up uh, because you do have to run the lines through the wall. And... The, everything is charged at that point, but when you connect it together, you can lose a little gas. And on a mini-split system, uh, it's not like a conventional system where, you know, oh, you're three pounds down and the system's still working fine. On, on these mini-split systems, if you are ounces down, they are very particular. They They don't work exactly right at that point. And so that's where a lot of people have run into trouble is once you get it hooked up, if the, coo if the uh, coolant in it didn't stay fully charged, now you've got to bring in uh, an AC guy to, to work on it, and it's difficult to find one who will work on them. Yeah, that was going to be a question. If that's something that, that your guys' company uh, installs or if I install it myself, Am I going to run into problems having, um, you know, an a, a third-party AC company come and, and service it? There are, there are guys out there who will come and service them, uh, but it's typically going to be young companies who are startup and, and are real hungry looking for stuff. Uh, okay. Now, that's not to say that uh, there there aren't other people who will look at it. Uh, Bluntly, you don't tell them that what uh, that you put it in yourself. You just 
call, have somebody come out to service it. And at that point, they don't know anything until they get there and look at it. And then usually they'll go ahead and do it. That's the fair. only thing they need to know is that they're coming out to service a, a mini split. Judy, you're up in the Arlington area? Arlington area. Oh, Arlington. okay. Yeah, how can well, I help you? get you loud and clear. <laughs> well, I've had a leak in a pipe in my wall in the bathroom as well as a shower pan leak. My contractor wants to take care of it himself, but I'm kind of reluctant about this. And so I want to know the proper way to do it if I should let him do it. Make sure he's doing it right. And when you say he wants to take care of it himself, are you talking about he's wanting to repair the plumbing himself or? Uh, everything. Everything. The wall. The, I'm worried about the mold. That, that it, There's mold in there. He wants yeah. to take care of the mold. Mm-hmm. And so, okay. you know, take the wall off and treat treat the mold. But I want to know how to properly treat that mold. So if he's doing, if he tells me he, how he's going to do it, I might let him do it. But yeah. I might just rather hire a professional water restoration. But I don't really like the one here, so. Okay. <laughs> and uh-huh. has this been looked at by insurance? Yes. Uh-huh. Then you need to go through a regular restoration company. And, and here's why I'm saying that. If he does it, uh, you know, and, and you didn't use the professionals who are the ones that should be doing that. Mm-hmm. If you end up having another issue, the insurance company is going to say, you didn't use the right people to do it. I see. And they will work their way out of it. Okay. Uh, so that that would be my first recommendation. But as as far as dealing with the, the molds and stuff, it's really not that difficult. you got to clean off everything, you know, that's covering it that got wet, any sheetrock, stuff like that. Insulation's got to go. There are chemical cleaners that are made for putting on mold on the wood and stuff to to kill all that. And once it's all dry, you're fine. Because in order for mold to grow, there has to be moisture. So the plumbing leaks need to be taken care of. The drain leak needs to be taken care of. And uh, that does require a plumber coming in. And I'm going to tell you a quick story of somebody I know. They spent $17,000 redoing their bathroom, and the water from the shower head didn't flow properly. Um, you, you just you couldn't even take a shower in it. You weren't getting enough water. And so she brought somebody else in to take a look at it. They wanted to tear everything out and redo it because they said it just wasn't put in right. They didn't pull permits, it wasn't inspected, blah, 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 which was all true. But when I looked at it, I said, I think it's going to be in the valve right here. They didn't do something right with the valve. Sure enough, all we had to do is make some corrections on the valve and everything was working right. But, you know, if you got a contractor who's willing to shortcut pulling permits and inspections and all that stuff, you can pretty much figure they're going to shortcut other things as well. So go oh, go through a regular restoration company. Okay. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Really appreciate it. You take care. Mm-hmm. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. And does it cost more typically? Yes. But you want it done once 
you want it done right and that's the way you do it just a reminder it's a huge help if you subscribe to rate and review the podcast it helps people find us gonna go out to Myerland and Jim this is Jim how can I help well this is a, a double Jim thank you for your yep. help uh, question uh, <clears throat> we're looking at a home up in Central Texas lovely home a wife likes it's on about an acre and a half however it has those evil evil solar panels on about two-thirds of the roof okay this is causing great disharmony uh, they're currently are having those panels are leased per se, to the homeowner. Could you explain how that works to me? Most of them, and I can't say all of them work this way, but but the way most of them are done is they actually uh, lease it to you to reduce your energy consumption. And so what you're saving on your electric bill is what pays for that lease. And Supposedly? Does it really work, Jim? Does it really work? it depends on how big a lease the, the payment is. Uh, solar does work. Yeah. Yeah, but solar definitely works. Uh, it does it does produce energy and, and all that stuff. The numbers just have to make sense. And, and here's where it really comes down to for me. Yeah. If I have to buy solar at full price, in other words, no tax credits, no discounts, none of that kind of stuff, it don't work. I can't make the numbers work, but right. there's most of the time there are tax credits, there are rebates from the power company, and when you plug all of those things in, it actually becomes uh, actually a, a a good deal to look at. But you got to make sure you're going to get tax credits. Right, I'm sure but, the gentleman did. But next question, they've offered to remove them. And if okay. so, how much damage in general is there to the, well, they, I don't understand how they're adhered to the, I guess they got a board down to the <clears throat> the plywood to install them. I mean, these things aren't particularly light. Yeah. It, it, it Typically what they have is a stand underneath them that's right. attached to the roof through the shingles and everything. So we, when you uh, take it off, you're going to see the little stands up there. Uh, and so right. all that has to be patched. But I'm going to tell you, if they're up there, if I had it, I wouldn't be taking them off. Yeah. Well, it's it's, it's a it's a, <laughs> a point in question, and uh, just the efficiency and then the lease terminology is always. Uh, but the, let's just this take, is on a place that, that you're buying. You said right. Well, we we may. It's no, we haven't put any money down or done any documents. Right, but it, it's but, one that you're looking at buying. Oh, it's a lovely house, the, lovely land, blah blah blah. And how much do they want on the lease payments for that for the well electric? That's solar? that's to be determined. <laughs> oh, yeah. I did, we didn't get you know the little statement, the issue, and all the facts. Our, our realtor didn't have all that information, other than it is at least to quote, XYZ Solar Company, whatever. Okay. uh, Well, again, I would get those numbers uh, because the typical... Here's how they they typically present this to you. Your payment is determined on what today's uh, energy costs are. We know the energy cost is going to continue to go up. It always does. So 
granted that for the next, say, three years, you're just break even. And then somewhere around year five, the power has gone up high enough. Now you're starting to save a few bucks from year five to year 20. As power continues to go up, your payment stays the same on the lease. That spread is where you save your money. And that's why that's I say since they're already on there, I don't. If if you can get a decent lease on it, I would leave them there. So most people lease them; they don't buy them straight up. There are some companies that's the only way they do it. Um, hmm. A lot, a lot of companies, though, what they do is sell it to you on payments. And if truthfully, if I was going to get one, that's the way I would look at it. And I have looked at it putting solar on my house and the only time it made sense is with with the uh the rebates and i I will tell you to do my house to do my roof uh they were looking at 20 i think it was like 26 or 28 thousand yeah but with the tax credits uh, that are available and and all the rebates and all that kind of stuff it brought the cost down to fourteen thousand. I can make that make mm-hmm. sense on the electric bill then. Over 20 years? No, I can make that make sense on a shorter term even. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I've got to get some facts and figures. I appreciate your yep. input, but uh, I understood. I just remembered uh, the repairs on those little brackets and stuff was disconcerting, to say the least. Yes. And you'd have to have a, a, a good roofing company to come in and do it correctly. That is correct. Okay. Thank you, Jim. Y'all have a great day. You as well. Take care. And it's from Rita in Grand Saline, Texas. And she says, what kind of hanger won't harm vinyl siding on the ceiling of my porch and still be strong enough to hold a large fern? Well, there isn't one. Uh, No matter what type of hanger you get, it's got to have a hole go through the vinyl. And the vinyl is not strong enough to hold the weight. So it's got to go through and attach to something behind it. Now, typically behind the vinyl siding, you're still going to have the old ceiling or soffits. If they're not there, there's, there will be uh, ceiling joist or something up there because the vinyl has to be attached to something as well. So you've got to look for something structurally up there in the wood structure that you can screw through the vinyl into that wood in order to hold it. Uh, And that's the only way you're going to make it stay up there. Now, again, it's going to put a hole in the vinyl, but especially when you're dealing with a ceiling that way, it's not going to hurt the vinyl any. Other than if you decide you don't want that planter basket there and you take it down, you'll have a hole in the vinyl. Uh, But as far as it doing harm and causing you leaks and stuff like that, you got nothing to worry about. Kelly in Arlington, how can I help you? Yeah, hey, Jim, I've had my uh, house completely remodeled uh, Uh from one end to the other end. And what what I'm having a problem with is the the tile. It's these four-foot, I mean, yeah, they're four-foot by about six-inch tile that we put down. I had it completely done on all the floors. Okay. And they're, they're coming up some, and they're making, you know, where the, where the joints are in lo- in several of the rooms, it's kind of peaking in the middle. You know what I mean? Where where the two come together and then it kind of sticks up just a little bit. 
you know, you can look at it. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes. And you, uh, what? Can you tell me what causes that or what? I mean, because this is, this is all new for Oren. And and you said it was tile, but it sounds more like it's a, a uh, wood it's plank. Vinyl. Or... Yeah, okay. it's, that, it's, that vinyl. it's that vinyl. I'm sorry. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I can tell you what's causing that. I, I didn't know into, if it was insulation or uh, it I is. always thought that. I thought they it, hammered it in too tight. That's exactly what they did. Uh, and it's not too tight on the joints there. It's too tight in the room itself. When you put those type of floors, uh, some of them require a quarter-inch gap. Some require up to a half-inch gap all the way around so that that floor can expand and contract uh, without doing what's happening to yours. And what happens is if it's in too tight, as the floor expands, it'll start popping up sections like that into a little tent. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's just in certain rooms. So- some of uh, most of this is on concrete floor, but in, yep, yep. in two of the rooms I've I've had the floors raised, and it's on wood, and on the wood it's not doing it; it's just doing it on the concrete. Yeah, and well, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it's concrete or wood. If it's put in too tight, it'll do it. Okay. Okay. Well, listen. Now uh, the fix is 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 truly not all that bad, uh, because what they end up doing is just pulling the baseboard off. And trimming it some the the flooring to give yeah, it room to expand, and then a lot of times you can push those humps back down. Okay, well, you know what it is when you look at that when you look at the humps, they're not you know they're not sticking you know they're they're not you know not yeah. eight inch high. I mean they're just barely up, but you can look across and see every one of them. Yep. Yeah, okay. now, I will tell you, one of the other things that can cause that, you said this is vinyl. Is this a vinyl plank on wood? No. So the backer no. of the vinyl is wood? No. No, it okay. is not wood. Yeah, then then that's more than likely all it is, is that it's just wedged in there too tight, and it's it's curled up. Uh, what you, what okay. you want to try, after it's been trimmed a little bit where it can spread out, uh, you can give it a little time. Sometimes it'll lay down on its own, but if not, uh, you can try what's called a floor roller. And basically, it's, it's a 100-pound roller that you roll back and forth across the the flooring to to uh, push things down. It's used mostly on vinyl floors when you glue them down to get the air bubbles out. But it, it works okay. for other applications like this. Yeah, I uh, the uh, the uh, guy that put the put the flooring down also is the one that re, remodeled the house and uh, and he personally put them down uh, and uh, he said, well, we're just going to take all the flooring out and redo it. But, and, he, uh, he, and he may have to, but I darn I sure would give down. that a try first. I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, I sure do appreciate it. Thank you very much for you your bet. help, Bill in Allen. How are you today? Good, Jim. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful. I'm watching this old 60-something Corvette passing me right now. <laughs> How can I help don't you? Don't make him an offer. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. That's out of my price range. <laughs> hey, we spoke a couple years ago. I was building a house out kind of in the Caddo area, and because of COVID stuff, been kind of put on hold, but we're getting that project going. And you and I spoke about 
propane costs versus the electric on some of the higher energy things like the water heater and the furnace. Yeah. And, you know, we were, I think we're on the kind of same page with, you know, propane's probably better off long term, but with the, with the better efficiency of like hot water heaters, whatnot, what's your thought on that? Is that still the case? It really is. Um, to the point that last year I put a propane tank at my house. My house is all electric. And I changed, when it came time for me to change out my HVAC system, I actually added propane and put the propane heating system in instead of uh, electric. Yeah. And when I, when I change my water heater next time, it will go propane. And I'm getting ready to do a kitchen remodel. It'll include new appliances, which will also be gas. Okay. So from a from the long term economical standpoint, you're thinking propane is still better off. I do, and then the, you know the other thing. Now, are you going to live in this place, or is it going to be a weekend place? Uh, we'll live in it. Okay, yeah. If you're going to live in it, uh, I would go with that. Now, I'm going to tell you, I have a secondary reason why I'm doing all that. Um, when there's a power outage. Yeah. A generator can handle uh, running the blowers and all that stuff on the heating system. Uh, the generator can handle running the uh, electronics of the water heater, but the propane keeps everything on. Uh, you require much smaller generators and can be totally running when we have the, the power outages. And my personal opinion is... We're going to see a lot more power outages in the next 10 years. Yeah, I, I agree. So with those kind of appliances on propane, is it uh, a 500-gallon tank is appropriate? That's what I put in my house, yeah. Okay. All right, well, appreciate it, sir. Yeah, and, and I, I will tell you, they were, they were talking to me about a 250-gallon, but the, the problem with the 250 is you will be uh, reloading that thing every quarter. Uh, yeah. The 500, yeah, um, uh, I'm getting, well, I've only had to refill it once. I'm getting ready to refill it again. Uh, I've just been waiting for the right time of year to where the propane cost is a little bit less. In, yeah. in the winter months when everybody's using it, using it for heating, it's a little bit higher price. So now that we've come into warmer temps the price goes down i'll have my tank topped off at that point uh and that's the other nice thing about it is you can shop pricing with the the propane right with a bigger tank you're not in such a urgency to get it yep. refilled right exactly yeah okay well good idea appreciate it you bet take care all right all right bye and uh, and honestly, I love natural gas, but look what happened to the natural gas prices when the electric stuff went uh, all haywire during the the freeze. You don't have that when you're on propane. But if I had the choice between natural gas and propane, I would still go natural gas. Let's head to the woodlands. And Will, welcome to 740 KTRH. How can I help you? 
Hi, Jim. Um, I have separate irrigation and water supplies for my house, and both of them are showing passive leaks, um, about five gallons an hour to the house and two or three gallons an hour uh, to the irrigation system. And I cannot find anywhere in my yard where there's a wet spot, um, so I don't know where the leakage has occurred, uh, but I know it's leaking somewhere. The reason why I'm calling, I know that I can get a leak detection company out, but the one that I called charges quite a bit. I'm wondering if there's any way to do it on my own to try to identify the leak other than finding where it's wet. Do you know where the lines uh, travel from the meter to the house? Not exactly. I can only guess. Okay. I know where the line going into the house is and where the meter is. Okay. So it's typically going to be a pretty straight shot. Uh, What I would do is be using a probe. And you can pick that up at, you know, Lowe's Home Depot and any of those places. Just a plumbing probe. It's nothing more than a rod that you can, with a T-handle on the top that you can poke into the ground. And just start following it. Because when you hit where that water leak is, it's going to be soft. Got and it, it may okay. not show it on the surface yet, but down underneath the surface, it'll be soft. Um, now, I'm a little surprised to hear that both of them are doing it. You know, typically it's going to be one or the other has a leak. And I'm a little, I wonder if it's coincidental also, but um, I, I've spoken with our utility company and um, it seems to be, that seems to be what's going on. Okay. Well, and, and what type of meter do you have? Do you have one of the electronic ones or is it still the old style with, with the little dials that spin? It's uh, been upgraded from the old style to the new style, so it's electronic okay. now. Okay. Um, because if it was the old style, I'd say I'm kind of wondering if, if, if it's not faulty. I haven't really heard of the new ones being faulty that way, though. So, yeah, the first thing I would do then is use the probe rod and start following, poking it in the ground. Other than that, uh, that's going to be about it. But you're 100% right. It, it costs quite a bit of money to trace them down. How long a run do you think it is from your meter to the house where the water goes in? It's a long run. It's probably 200 feet. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason I was asking that, for a lot of people, it's it's only like a 40, 50, 60-foot run. And a lot of times it's cheaper just go ahead and replace the line than it is to trace it down. A 200-foot line, though, uh, that would get a little pricey. Yes, sir. And by this rod that you're talking about, is it just a a fiberglass-pointed rod? Yeah, they make them out of fiberglass. A lot of them are are steel. I mean, you could just take a piece of rebar and start poking in the ground if you want. I mean, that's really all it is. Okay. Thank you. I'm going to give that a try. When when you hit it, you'll definitely know you hit it. Okay. Very well. Yeah, I'm comfortable fixing it once I find it. Yeah, and one cautionary note. Don't you don't need to go too deep, um, you know. Really, you're going to be trying to poke it in maybe 12 inches or so, uh, okay. because the the water line will probably not be more than 18 inches deep. That's good to know. So, All right. Okay. Well, thank you then, Jim. I appreciate it. You bet. You take care. Yes, sir. Bye bye. Bye. And you know, uh, water lines leaks like that. Uh, it can be. Uh, tough to find sometimes, 
But if you don't find a leak in the yard line that way, uh, like I said, it can be in the meter itself being faulty. That's not very common, uh, and, and I'm not telling everybody start calling the water district and having them check the meters because it's very uncommon. When I start hearing two lines are leaking at the same time, I, I kind of start questioning it a little bit, though, uh, if there isn't an issue with the the meters themselves. Uh, what I have seen, I have not seen where leaders, where, where uh, the electronic meters let the water flow by, but what I have seen those do is misread the water that's going through them. And that very well could be what we're dealing with on this one. George and Laporte, how can I help you? Yes, Jim, how are you? Um, I've got some hardy plank siding on both uh, ends of the house, and they seem to be separating after 15 years. Should I just caulk and repaint or replace? No, there's no reason to replace. Uh, what? Where is it separating? Uh, in between the boards. Okay, just on the laps. Is it lap siding? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Uh, not an uncommon problem because, you know, all building materials expand and contract uh, with the temperature and moisture changes. So, yes, you could caulk it and fill it in if it's uh, too big a gap. Otherwise, it's not going to hurt anything usually to leave them there because when the hardy is put on, there should be a moisture barrier behind it. Uh and that's its whole purpose. And a lot of times they'll even put a little sleeve where the joints are behind it so that uh, moisture doesn't go through. But definitely don't take it off. Just at the very most, caulk it and repaint. You got it. Thank you, sir. You bet. You take care. You as well. And, you know, and that is not an uncommon thing. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's not caulked to begin with when it's installed. And so through the years of expanding and contracting, that gap uh, tends to look like it's grown some. And like I say, you can caulk it if you'd like or uh, just repaint and not worry about it. But uh, no reason to replace the size. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 